Welcome to today's special edition of the Lead to Serve podcast. Today I sat down in our Grace FM radio network studios with Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary Chapel down in Colorado Springs. We spent an hour talking about the coronavirus, fear, anxiety, and the church. We hope that the following podcast will encourage you, strengthen you, and equip you in serving and leading the people under your care. God bless. Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to this special edition of Calvary Live. It is both airing live on the radio, Grace FM, but it's also rebroadcast and put on the Lead to Serve podcast as a special bonus edition. And the reason that we are using it that way is because we are in the midst of a a pretty serious crisis in our country, uh, in our state, among our neighborhoods, our schools, our churches, the coronavirus, uh, the COVID slash or dash 19 uh, is spreading rapidly, and there are many decisions being made, many choices being made. And so, if you're hearing this at a different time, I want to dateline this. It is March 13th. This is the March 13th edition of Calvary Live, even though it will be rebroadcast. And we have a special guest. So, the way that we're going to handle our show today is we're going to have a dialogue and talk about various aspects of uh, the coronavirus uh, related to uh, church, related to a Christian's responsibility, related to uh, questions about uh, our services canceled, those types of things, fear, anxiety, worry. And we have special guest, uh, Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary in Colorado Springs, on the air with us. Welcome, Eric. Thank you, Ed. It's great to be with you this afternoon. Yeah, it's been a long time since uh, you were on Calvary Live. We uh, we miss your voice and we miss uh, your input. It's great to be be with you. And yeah, I miss uh, taking calls and, and excited what God's going to do today on the show. So the context of our show here, for those of you guys listening on the podcast or listening in a different station that this gets picked up on, is uh, Pastor Eric uh, pastors a very large church in Colorado Springs, uh, and he is uh, in the representative, really, of the southern part of Colorado for us today. And then I'm pastoring up here in the Denver metro area and speaking to some of the things that are happening. Primarily, we can speak toward Colorado. However, we know that a lot of what we're going to be sharing is uh, relatable to um, the country and and just the the changes we're living in un, in an unprecedented time, uh, and I was thinking, Eric, the only other time 
uh, that I remember uh, serving God's people and serving our community with an environment and an atmosphere like this was after 9-11. I agree. You know, my wife and I have been talking this week, and the kind of tension uh, that's in culture right now, it, it does remind me of uh, 9-11. So uh, this is the, that's the only thing I can compa- compare it to as well. Now, for those of you listening in, this is a broadcast. If you're listening on Grace FM right now, you can call in, and we'll take your questions. We're limiting the questions on today's program to the coronavirus, to things significant to this uh, situation, whether it's related to you work-wise, whether it's related to you and your family. Uh, We're willing to take the questions. Hopefully, we can answer them. Uh, If we can't, that's okay. We can pray. Uh, but we want you to call. So the number to dial to be on the air for the live broadcast is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. And you can text us at 720-336-0897. And we're limiting, again, the calls and the questions today to the circumstances and situations surrounding the coronavirus. Now, let's just speak to uh, the coronavirus itself. We're not medical professionals. We're not in that realm. Um, But we know that uh, there is a flu-like virus that there is no vaccine available for it that is spreading pretty rapidly. uh, And it has um, been spreading so quickly globally that those that are in the government um, and every level of government have been attempting to make decisions to reduce the spread um, and and sort of arrest the spread of of the virus. And those decisions have been monumental. Uh, decisions like canceling or suspending suspending NBA games, uh, suspending uh, canceling spring training for baseball. And uh, suspending the the beginning of the uh, of the uh, season, the beginning of the season, opening day. Um, so sports have been affected, concerts have been affected, large gatherings and festivals and and golf tournaments and and concerts and and where it relates to churches is that in our state here in Colorado, which is un, not unlike many of states. Uh, there has been an order to not have gatherings that are 250 people or more, which encompasses uh, quite a bit of gatherings, but primarily it encompasses church gatherings um, of, of people coming together, including children of more than 250 people. And and today, uh, I know uh, one of our pastors uh, here was on a conference call with the governor. Uh, pastor Eric and his team was on a conference call with the governor, and he re- reiterated that uh, they're going to limit gatherings to 250 people, which then forces many churches, not all churches, but many churches, to reassess how we can fulfill the scriptures not forsaking our uh, the gathering of ourselves together. And so have you guys 
come to a place, Eric, where you've made a decision yet, or are you guys still in the process of making a decision? Yeah, we did make a decision, uh, our leadership and pastoral team, uh, to go ahead and not uh, have our services physically in the sanctuary. We're going to be live streaming all of our services where we'll have our worship band here. I'm going to give the message. We'll do it three times, Saturday night at 6 and then Sunday morning at 9 and 11 so that through our live stream platforms we can interact uh, with people and they can respond with questions and, and prayer. And then we will have all of our weekly activities, um, our smaller Bible studies that are under that 250 uh, limit. Um, and so we really want to be a good neighbor, love our neighbor, uh, and see by by not gathering in that bigger context to try to help not spread this. And we know that uh, the elderly are susceptible to it, and, and so we want to try to be wise to uh, love our neighbor and keep people healthy. So that's the decision that we just made a few minutes ago and are moving forward with. I think that the, the many churches are making the same decision. I think I'm, I'm hoping that a note got out to our church today uh, that we shared a, a very similar decision-making process in uh, knowing that like, let's just speak to, I guess, let's speak to, as we, we follow the same pattern, we're going to live stream our services. I'm actually going to go to the church with our team. I'm going to teach to the room there, whoever's there, but really in my mind have that conceptual understanding that many people are be, are going to be gathering together uh, by their phone, by their iPads, uh, online, on Roku, on Apple TV. All the technology that we've been using is going to be a tool, even though part of my, you know, as a pastor, uh, we're not just making these decisions flippantly. It kind of pains me a little bit to know that the ones that are most susceptible, the those that are older, uh, our governor said 60, the number is usually about 70 and 80 and above. And we have many of them in our church family, and many of them in many church families that are not technologically savvy. And so there is a possibility that they're not even going to be able to connect for the weeks that we don't gather. And they're not going to go out of their house either because they don't want to get sick. Uh, they're not going to go to the market. And so to me, there's a, there's a lot of opportunities that God has provided for us uh, as a church family that we still need to think through of how we're going to be able to minister in our communities. But before we get to that, I want to ask and answer this question, um, and that's uh, why cancel church services during a pandemic? And I've seen a couple of responses uh, on social media. I'm not on Facebook, so I'm limited to what I see, but I have seen a couple of responses. And the two primary responses are, one, the ones that our churches have adopted and our and it wasn't our decision, like we didn't sit in our office and make the decision. It was a collective decision of leadership uh, in, in our executive teams, I'm sure. Uh, and, and here we are, we made uh, a decision together as the leadership, uh, and then we're going to provide other alternatives. And, and, and I was accounting it too, uh, very similar, Eric, and I wonder if you thought this through. I'm sure you have, but it's like a snow day. We, this isn't unusual for us uh, to have to cancel services and not gather together in a building. Have That's you right. guys considered it that way? Yeah, we, we we sure have. And, you know, 
one of the things that I feel like God is doing is always God is up to something in the midst of all of this, and He's ultimately uh, in control. Uh, and so how does God want to use this in our church and in our community? So we're encouraging families to have Bible study together, to give them tools to, to be able to do that. Um, and then how to be able to use technology. I mean, oftentimes we see the downside of technology, but here's an opportunity for us to continue to worship in light of what uh, is taking place. And then I think so many people are going to be sitting at home, so using the live stream to share it uh, with others um, and I'm, I'm hoping, uh, you know, in our lives uh, that we're able to really be salt and light and take these opportunities to love people in Jesus' name because so many people are fearful. Believers are feel fearful. Unbelievers are fearful. So it gives us an opportunity to really share the, the hope of, of Christ. Yeah, but I would want to encourage everybody listening today, like even though your church may not be meeting in the physical building, you're, we're still the church, and we can still love each other and care for each other, meet each other's needs, and worship together through this platform. Though we would all agree it's not ideal, and we look forward to when we all get to see each other face-to-face, we can trust that God's going to do a work through it. I agree. I think that and, and the, the adjustments uh, that need to be made are important ones, and we don't take these lightly. I mean— the seriousness of this, the spread and, and what it does psychologically and the vulnerable part of our society. Uh, I see a call coming through um, that, that we'll take in a moment. But, uh, well, let's just go ahead. Before we go on, let's go ahead and take John and Loveland. John, welcome to the program. John, are you with us? Okay, so John asked a question that I think is really good. It says the coronavirus is similar to the common cold. Why are we so up in arms about it? Um, well, I can't speak to the, the overall medical side of things, but I can speak to this. Uh, there's no vaccine for it, and it's spreading incredibly rapidly, and a whole segment of our society is very vulnerable to this virus that is similar to a common cold, except that common colds don't take root in the respiratory system of our elderly of those that are in the elderly category or have a suppressed immuno, uh, immune system, that the, the, there's a need to arrest the spread of this, stop the spread of it to the best of our ability, at least slow it down while those in the scientific field are creating a vaccine, creating a, uh, a, an, an opportunity for it to be stopped in another way. And the other part of this is that that the if it doesn't get if it doesn't if it doesn't become arrested then the medical system will be overloaded with coronavirus uh patients and when the medical system is overloaded then other types of trauma and sicknesses uh we lack resources uh we lack um people we lacked beds we lack all kinds of opportunities to serve other segments of society that have completely different, uh, completely different sicknesses, and so, um, is there a panic mode to this? Yes. Uh, is there a psychological fear that's gripping our country or gripping parts of our country? Yes. Uh, but to think of 
why cancel church or even to take that, why are we so up in arms about it? You know, I think that number one, we are rearranging our services in such a way where we're demonstrating love for our neighbors by protecting our neighbors. Uh, this is a this is a true demonstration of love in in my book where you know we're making decisions that would not place more and more people in a vulnerable place. I I'm, I haven't heard anything, Eric, in where you are, but the coronavirus has always been throughout Arapahoe County. They've already shut things down at Buckley Air Force Base. They've shut down a child care center there because parents uh, had presented with, uh, and I'm not sure if they are still being tested. I haven't heard an update or or waiting for their test results, um, but it's already showed up on our part of town. And because of that, and because of the large amount of people that come through our church, through our school, they come to our food bank, they come to our services, they come, they come through, um, we have chosen to follow the guidelines that have been handed down to us. And then there's the accusation of, or not not necessarily accusation, I don't want this to be a uh, the program here to be um, inflammatory in any way. But then there's that thought of, well, aren't we just being fearful? Aren't we just now as church leaders responding in fear? And my answer to that is no, we're not being fearful. We're being responsible and we're being a part of the solution instead of a part of or a possible part of making things worse because we are very aggressively evangelistic. Uh, we are inviting people constantly to come, uh, to be a part of this, be a part of our services. And like a snow day, we're being responsible because I guess we could we could push it on many snow days. I mean, we could push it and we could hire somebody emergency to clear the parking lot. Uh, the pastors would get out there. We'd all shovel, get everything ready. And we could push it and say, we're never going to close on snow days, which is kind of like my heart. I, I don't want to do that. I'd rather not close, but then we're putting people at possible risk, and I, I acknowledge that it would be their choice, but we put them at risk on on very high-risk roads, icy roads, uh, roads where the police are already overloaded, and in order to uh, contribute to the safety of our community because of snow. We, 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 and it's cold, totally foreign to me because, like, I came from Southern California. You came from Oregon, Eric. Like, we're not canceling services in the rain. <laughs> but right. snow, we got to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I think that there's, a, there's another piece of this, of rearranging can- services uh, in our churches, and that is love is requiring this of us right now. It, it is a unique time. It's never happened in the 20-plus years that I've pastored. I've never experienced anything like this. I've never had to make this decision before. Uh, made a lot of difficult decisions, but we've never had to make these decisions before. But this is what love requires of us. And and I, I really do like what you say um, in the sense that God is in the midst of this, and and those of us that remain open and ready, both church leaders and church members, remain open and ready uh, there could be whole new avenues of ministry opened up through us as we consider the the invitation of people. Like in the note I sent out, I don't think it went out yet. I'm trying. I I just finished up editing a note to go out to our church and social media and such. But uh, the um, the I invited people, and I took this lead from Pastor Greg Laurie. I invited people to invite people into their homes 
to be a part of church service in their home, in their neighborhood. Uh, And the the gatherings in homes are going to be a real neat opportunity. Uh, At least it's going to be on our minds to say, hey, I'm already going to put it up on my TV. I'm already going to be here. I wonder what my neighbor's doing. And perhaps this could open some tremendous doors in connecting. You know, there's the church gathered, like we gather once a week, twice a week. But then there's the church scattered, which is most of the week. Yeah. Yeah, Ed, my thought goes to the book of Acts in the early church where they stayed in Jerusalem until they experienced Mm -hmm. persecution, and persecution really took them out of Jerusalem, which was God's heart for the gospel to go to surrounding regions, and the same thing could happen. Historically, through church history, God uses hardship for the gospel to go out. Um, and I anticipate the Lord to do that in this situation as well, if, if we're willing. I agree. I agree. I like, I like that. The circumstances, uh, that's a great reminder, the circumstances of the uh, persecution in Jerusalem forced the believers to change. Mm-hmm. And one of the headlines I noticed in an article I read today, because I'm kind of overloaded. I'm sure you are. I've been, I've been on the phone for a couple of days now and um, and and not scrambling, but actively looking for wisdom and resources. We there's so much going on, so I'm reading a lot and seeing a lot and hearing a lot, and I'm like, oh, Lord, give me strength to take it all in. But one of the uh, one of the lines that I remember seeing uh, in an article I wrote is that we are that that this virus and all of our responses and everything about it are forcing upon us new realities, and. We don't have any choice. They're, they're, you go to the market now, and there's no toilet paper, and you go to the market, and food. Line, there's food. I, my friend works. Uh, he's a manager at Costco, and the lines are to the back. Costco's in California. The lines are circling that to get in. They're, they're circling through the parking lot uh, because there's just a mass panic and desperation to make sure that you have food in the house, and and so we have to change. And I was. I, I, we're going to come up on the end of the first half of the program in a minute here, but and then we'll talk about some of the spiritual ramifications or some of the spiritual responsibilities we have. But I've been sharing, and I'm sure you have too, Eric, I've been sharing with our church, one, don't make fun of this, two, don't minimize deaths just because other viruses have killed more people, uh, as if that's a good thing. Uh, it's not a good thing. People dying is never a good thing. It's always pain. It's always difficulty in someone's life. And so we're not going to minimize this, um, and we're not going to pretend it's not serious, because even if the virus itself is not as serious as some other viruses, the way our culture—I would just say this, you know, maybe the the context for that previous caller would be this, you know, when the H1N1 virus came out, the SARS virus came out, uh, even things uh, pre—all of the different uh, swine flu and the things— it, they happened in a pre-social media world, and social media it just changes the whole ball game. It just completely blows the plans. Uh, you, you aren't able to minimize the panic and fear that is spread so quickly with a social media post, whether it's real or not. Uh, do you have any thoughts on what social media might be playing on in this whole scenario, Eric? One of the things I think it does, if we're not careful, is it robs us of our peace and our joy, because we have so much access to news and social media, 
that it's easy to just constantly be looking up news articles or constantly dialing into what everyone's saying on social media and neglect that time at the Lord's feet and to be still and know that He is is God. Um, I think we're just inundated with so much information that if we don't at some point kind of turn our phones off for a few hours, our our psyche, our inner man, our soul really can't take it, um, and it begins to break us down. Uh, so it's so important to step away from all of the social media and the news at different moments to get perspective, to get in God's Word, to talk with other believers. Because um, without without spending time at the Lord's feet and all of this, the first things to go are going to be peace and joy, you know. I like that too. That the how you use the word rob, like, like we we participate. It, we we might we might see the panic or we might see the concern, and and then we participate in allowing it. I like I, I keep thinking of this verse. God keeps bringing back, and I've shared it uh, many times. Where the promise through Isaiah is that God will keep us in perfect peace. Those whose mind is stayed or focused on him. And we know that wherever our minds are, so, so yes, maybe in the medical community, the virus is different some of the, than some of the other sicknesses, some of the other viruses. You know, I accept that. However, within the culture that we're in right now, with the news media, with the heightened political areas, with the, the new definitions of fake news and with people's opinions and with the divisiveness and with Facebook and, and with the, the, all of the input, like it's, as humans, we, we hit a point of overload and we hit a point where it's, it's too much. Uh, it's just overload. And if we don't choose to settle our minds on what's true, right, good, perfect, noble, as we're taught in the scriptures. If we don't take to heart Jesus' word to the disciples in the first century under great persecution and, and great hardship to fear not, uh, don't let your heart be troubled. Those are all commands that are fulfilled by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's one of the things that we'll pick up on in the second half of the program. Uh, if you just tuned in, the, this is a special edition of Calvary Live. I have on the air with me today Pastor Eric Cartier. Uh, he's the past senior pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary in Colorado Springs. And I'm with you today. I don't normally host on today, but I have the show uh, today, and it's just the perfect timing of of what we're facing with the coronavirus. My name is Ed Taylor. I pastor the Calvary Church here in Aurora, Colorado. And this is a special edition that's going to re-air on our radio station. It's going to be pushed through on podcast. So some of the things I'm sure we're talking, things are changing so rapidly that the the if you hear this uh, in any other day than live, things might change by the time we even put this on the air. But we're trying to speak to a couple of things. The first half of the program is how we've had to change things. And I really like what Pastor Eric shared. In the first century church, um, there was a requirement. There was a requirement to change the way that they did church. Uh, and, and they were still meeting in homes. There wasn't many large gatherings except uh, around the temple area. There wasn't many large gatherings. So they were 
they were spread out throughout the community. And because of the persecution that came, it changed. And and here we are in a time where because of here in Colorado, and I know you guys listening out on the East Coast, uh, really listening anywhere in the country, uh, you have had to make changes. Our governor said today that they're restricting any gatherings that are above uh, 250 people, which affect a lot of churches. Not every church, but a lot of churches, including including ours. And so we've made those adjustments. We're going alive online, and we're going to use technology like, like we already do. Um, that we're going to um, we're going to provide our services live. I'm going to go to the church. The pastoral team is going to be there. We're going to set up everything, and it'll be a first for me. I've never done this. I've never taught a Bible study just like into the camera. That knowing that all of our church family uh, will be watching, uh, most of our church family will be watching, and and so we're making those changes. And if you have any questions. Uh, maybe your church is making changes and you're kind of upset about it, uh, and it's just one more stressor for you. I even got a text, Eric, from someone that said, you know, when I told my wife we weren't gathering for the weekend, she tears welled up in her eyes. Yeah. And there's something special about us coming together, and we're not, we don't make these choices lightly uh, in, in what, we, and what we have to do. So you hear the music. Uh, we're going to be right back. Hang in there. Come back with us. We've got, we're going to talk about some of the emotional and spiritual effects in just a moment. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to today's special edition of Calvary Live. I uh, do want to date it because you might hear it on a different time. It's March 13th. We're in the sec on a Friday. We're in the second half of the program. Uh, we're limiting today's program to one topic, and that's the coronavirus. And the reason why we've chosen to have a, a special uh, edition is to speak to um, two things, really. The first half, we spoke about how the church how many churches are being forced, and I, what I mean by forced is through the circumstances, we've had to make some changes on how we have some gatherings until the spread, in, in, in cooperation and in submission and in hopes of being a part of the solution to help s- limit and arrest the spread of this virus until, um, in, until things turn a corner. And believe me, um, we have Pastor Eric Cartier on the on the line. He's the pastor at Rocky Mountain Calvary in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And my name is Ed Taylor. I'm pastoring up here in Denver, in the, in Aurora, Colorado, uh, at Calvary Church. And we both have made the same decision uh, independently, but collectively for our churches, based on the information that was given to us today by our governor, which is pretty much the main. Um, decision that's being made in many states around the country, and that's a limiting of public gatherings uh, to 250 or below, which means that our main gathering services, our main Bible study teaching services are put on hold uh, physically, but we're going to continue them online. We're going to be using technology to get the word out, as many, many, many other churches are, and then we're also going to be uh, 
every other ministry that gathers is going to continue for the foreseeable future. Our men's ministry, women's ministry, our our uh, gatherings for married couples and uh, those that are fighting addiction, those things are going to continue. Uh, our pastors are still going to be at the building. We're still going to serve. We're still going to uh, be available to our communities, but we've had to make some changes in relationship to the public gathering. And so if you're just joining us, we talked about that. And, you know, the big question <clears throat> that would come in is, well, why would you guys do that? Why would you cancel services? And 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 I've seen some responses online where one side says, nobody can tell us that we can't meet as a church and we're going to meet anyway. And, and while I understand that sentiment, um, I don't necessarily agree with it because um, the church can meet in a lot of different ways. We where the church gathered in larger, uh, in, in larger meeting times, but we're also the church scattered. And you know, the early church met in homes. There, there's larger church gatherings. There's small church gatherings, and and so we're just readjusting uh, how we're going to do ministry. Like, and I love what Pastor Eric. By the way, uh, for everyone tuning in, uh, welcome again to the program, Eric. We're glad that you took some time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. It's great, great to be on with you, Ed, and great to be part of the conversation. So one of the things you mentioned earlier that that really gives us some biblical perspective is that it's not unprecedented, although I think we're living in unprecedented times for, for something like this, but it's not unprecedented, especially biblically, for the church to have to adapt their approach depending on the circumstances surround them. Could you could you fill us again, fill us in again on what you uh, brought to the table in the Book of Acts and what happened in the Book of Acts? Yeah, what we see in the Book of Acts is God had clearly commissioned them to go out of Jerusalem to spread the gospel, but they stayed in Jerusalem. I think it's easy for us as believers to stay in our own Jerusalem, and it was the persecution of the church that took the gospel out of uh, Jerusalem. I think oftentimes it's uh, things that are uncomfortable, it's things that are difficult that cause us to change, and I think in the midst of this, uh, coronavirus does really present the opportunity for believers, for the church, uh, to go out of our Jerusalem. And I really liked what you mentioned, Ed, to, to as there is live streams happening, to go to your neighbors, because most likely they're they're sitting in their home, invite them into your home to, to watch church uh, together, to invite them to come over uh, into a Bible study, to invite an unbeliever. Uh, you know, I was uh, talking with my mom this week, and she was at Walmart trying to get groceries, and uh, the person serving her, she could tell, was really nervous about having to work and was keeping distance from people. And, and Mom was able to just encourage her, share the gospel with her, share Psalms 91. Um, so as we are out and about having to get groceries and, and take care of the necessities, I think it's a great opportunity for God to take us out of our Jerusalem. And, and the world's really looking for hope um, and the church can be used by the Lord to share Jesus in in this time. And it it's causing us to think differently, and and it's causing us to respond differently, and it's causing us, I, I believe, as a model, we have as a corporate, uh, as a ga- corporate gathering, as a large gathering, as a as a local congregation, no matter the size, the community's watching us, and I don't believe that I don't believe that we. Uh, do the gospel 
any service or shine the light uh, with any brightness if we take a position not loving our neighbor yeah. and only thinking about ourselves. And this is a, and to speak to you pastors listening in and just really wrestling with this, um, I acknowledge that this virus is causing a significant economic hardship for churches, but not just churches. Like, right. like this is causing an economic hardship to the families in our churches, to the families in our communities, and to the the economy as a whole. What and not not even just in the stock market, just the panic and the the hoarding and the 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 inability to go to work and being laid off in the airline industry and just seeing how everything is so intertwined that that you're right i i know that there might be some fear out there in relationship to finances and a pastors as well you know if we don't have church then we won't have offerings but the lord will provide yeah god will provide for us he will provide for our churches he will provide for us that he will he will reveal to us too i think what's really important and what's important for us is to demonstrate love to one another and mm-hmm. and to that's our that's our view i know it's your view eric in the sense yeah. that w- we want to be a we want to be an example in the community that the sunday morning gathering as important as it is is not the most important part of church right right and we say that we teach that we pound the pulpit with it, if you will, or the table, and, and we're stirring up, we're on mission, we're the church scattered, we're, and now there is an opportunity for us to really embrace this. And I don't know about you, but for us every year, God leads us into like a theme for our church, and mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it's a theme verse, uh, but this year it was actually a song that stirred up the theme for the year, and it's a song by, by a man named Pat Barrett, and uh, while he's not super popular, his songs are. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's... He was one of the co-writers of Good Good Father. And and he's written a lot of great songs and and he he wrote a song called Into Faith I Go. And it was actually kind of a a song he wrote about his own life, launching off, going on the road, take writing more. It, it and and our worship pastor shared it with me um, a long time ago. It didn't resonate with me until later in the year and that became our theme. The theme of our church is that for 2020 is into faith we go. And so I did a series on faith in January, and then we're in the book of Hebrews 11, so we're just faith, 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 faith. Every time we turn around, we're talking about faith. And now it's almost as if here uh, in March, God says, okay, okay, now here's your first big test, church. I'm going to radically change how you do church for a while, radically change how you do the, even our school, uh, in our K through eight school, has to rearrange how we do things, um, and then take the risk of of you know just people not agreeing, people going, I can't believe you're doing this. The church should never, and we're just like, no, we believe this is from the Lord, and I think God's going to bring great good out of this. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to share out of Hebrews thirteen in that message of faith, uh, you know, verses that we may know well, but I think it really stands out to us right now. It says, let your conduct be without covetousness, be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man can do to me. I know all of this coronavirus is causing some isolation, but Jesus is with us, you know, and he won't forsake us. 
and he's right there with us to to help us as we uh, go through that and we can hold on to that promise that even so many things are being shaken he's unshakable so let's talk to a couple things in the last part of of our program because they tie in really well with that with that biblical truth and that I love I, I'm I'm picking up on a few of the words that seem to be emphasized when you're sharing them and one earlier it was robbed and now I heard that word unshakable and we all want to be unshakable but it's times like these where we realize that a lot of our lives can be shaken and mm-hmm. you know I want to be strong and I want to stand in the pulpit and say okay church I'm uh, uh, not, nothing, none of the, like Paul said, none of these things moved me, but I haven't been able to say that um, because things do move me. Uh, and I think that's the case. Like there's very few Pauls out there, I have to say. Yeah. Um, and whether on the one side, people are getting upset and angry and judgmental and, and mad. And I mean, I see a text coming in. We have a friend, uh, we have a, a, a man that says, that because of the virus, he's not able to go visit his newborn son in the in the hospital. Wow! And and that's a that's a secondary effect of what's going on here. They're limiting visitors, and he can't even go see his own uh, baby. Or Robert's calling in, and he says his heart is hardening toward this virus, and he wants us to pray for him. And and so there's there's anger, frustration, hardness. Um, there's this sense of there's that whole conspiracy part of life and political part. But I think what's more common is fear, that there's a lot of fear, fear of the unknown, fear of what would happen in a society gone wild. And can you speak for a moment biblically on that topic of fear? What would you say to someone, Pastor Eric, that is just gripped by fear right now? Yeah, first kind of what you're saying, Ed, is is fear is something we all wrestle with, and we see some greats in the Bible uh, wrestling fear. Joshua, this mighty man of God, wrestled with fear. I wrestle with fear. Every pastor wrestles uh, with fear. Uh, So to be able to take our fear to the Lord, I think of what Paul did say to Timothy, that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And we don't have to be a victim to fear. We can choose faith and choose to take that to the Lord and, and, and bring it to Him. I think of the man that said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Also, I think there's a lot of power in reaching out for prayer. I mean, uh, even though there can't be gatherings over 250 here in Colorado, it doesn't prevent you from texting a friend, calling a friend, you know, reaching out and saying, hey, would you pray with me? I'm really being overcome uh, by fear. Um, perfect love casts out uh, fear. But this is uh, what we really have to offer to those that don't know Christ is that trust and that confidence. So for those that are listening that are wrestling with fear, at first I would say it's, it is natural. It is normal. It is something we're all going to wrestle with. But we do have the opportunity to come to the Lord and, and choose faith, even though our feelings might be telling us something else, and to live in His love instead of living in fear. And I'm always reminded where uh, we're taught by Paul, the Holy Spirit speaks through Paul, telling us that we're to walk by faith and not by sight. Mm -hmm. And so much of our sight is tied to our emotional well-being and what we see and how we process it. And fear will really undermine our faith. And if we feed it like a fire, it'll just be a wild fire in our lives. Someone that has grown up 
with worry, fear, and anxiety. I was sharing this not too long ago. You know, fear and worry have everything to do with control. Um, when something is outside of our control and it doesn't look like it ever will be under our control, it naturally will prick a fear issue or an anxiety issue. But ultimately, fear is a faith issue. And where do we place our minds? You know, knowing in Isaiah, it, the reference of the passage I shared earlier was Isaiah 26, verse 3, you'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And I know that we often are are very fearful because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Uh, I think about I think about on this this particular issue on the negative side, it, it could get worse and it could get worse fast. But on a positive side, it actually can turn around pretty quickly. It could probably get back to some sense of normal within a month or so, or even less. Uh, and 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 because we don't see an end in sight. Uh, depending on our personality, we if we're not the optimist, then we'll probably feed into pessimism and we'll just be caught up in feeding our fears. And I, I think of, uh, of some of the antidotes to fear. You know, number one, I think uh, freedom from fear comes by knowing God personally. Like if you're listening to us right now, you know, you're listening to a Christian station, you're listening to a couple guys that are talking about the current events of the day, you listen to a podcast that somebody forwarded to you, or and... And the topic that we're talking about is under the banner of a real relationship with the one true God, that you can be delivered from that controlling emotion of fear through having new life. And that really, if you are not connected to God right now, listening to this program, your biggest issue actually isn't the virus. Uh, your biggest issue is something known as sin. And and God has made a provision, he's made available the forgiveness of sin, and the fear that you're experiencing will, will be subsided by your repentance from sin, just acknowledging. Maybe, maybe this whole thing has just revealed inside of you this separation, this isolation. That's a whole different topic of the physical isolation, but the spiritual isolation that you have. I want you to know that God loves you and cares for you, and he sent his son Jesus Christ to die for you. And in relationship with him, God is able to remove fear, lessen fear, and encourage us. Secondly, freedom from fear, I think, comes from knowing and acknowledging that God is in control. He is. There's a Bible word for that that we use. It's called his sovereignty, and that God is in control. You know, we make decisions all the time, and then we start second-guessing them, and, and we're wondering what's going to happen, and what, what's God's will for my life, and how can I, and what about, and, and yet we need, we need to uh, stop our minds from running away with all of our thoughts and set them, you know, to be, Paul would, another part of the Bible would say, to be anxious for nothing, but in prayer and supplication and all things, with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known to God. Why would we do that? But that we would acknowledge his power and sovereignty. The phrase that we like to use is that God is still on the throne. He's unshaken by this crisis on earth today. And I think of another one, freedom from fear comes from knowing that God is working out a plan. Like this is, this is part of the plan because we've been born in this time, that, that this is... We didn't grow up 100 years ago, 200 years ago. 
we're alive right now. And you that are having, you that are facing fears, those of you that are just concerned and worried, look, you were born for this time. Uh, it's true. His plan is being worked out in your life right now. And he has thoughts towards you that are good and not evil to give you a future and a hope. And it could get, it could get worse for sure. It can get better. But and our, as our anxieties and worries uh, flare up, our response is to come to God's planning room. And, you know, we often refer to that as prayer. Like, there's a movie came out recently, To the War Room. You know, we want to stay in contact with God because he promises, if we do that, He prom- this is his promise, he says, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, right? Because we don't understand this. I don't understand how viruses work. I don't understand the medical scientific part. I, I don't even fully understand all the decisions that are being made or why. But I do understand this. God has promised me peace that will surpass my ability to understand. And just that, just that, just the point of me trying to understand can cause so much more anxiety. And I can trust him because he says he'll guard my heart and guard my mind. And then he begins to tell us, hey, you know what? Now that you've taken it to the Lord in prayer, make sure your mind is focused on things that are true, noble, just, lovely, and that includes limiting, I, I like that, like taking a fast from social media, taking a fast from news art, news media for a while and just saying, God, I know what's going on around me and I'm coming to you because I'm afraid, I'm, I'm insecure, I'm uncertain, and I'm worried. I'm worried for my kids, I'm worried for my life, I'm worried how am I going to pay the rent, and I'm worried about our church not gathering. That was my one place of solace. My one place where, you know, for 90 minutes I could think about nothing but you, Lord. And as you come to him, I know that he'll meet you there. I'm confident of it. But don't worry about the rest of your life. Don't, don't be concerned about tomorrow, Jesus said, because today has enough. And, and today has enough concern. And look to him. He'll meet you there immediately. Uh, we're almost done with the show, uh, Eric. I, I was wondering, do you have do you have any um, insights or comments on just just the comfort of God? Maybe you've experienced the comfort of God recently, or I just sense that somebody needs to hear about the comfort of God. You know, interestingly enough, uh, for me, there's been some personal challenges the last year and a half that has caused me to press into God's uh, comfort. Um, and Second Corinthians. Chapter one has been a real uh, guide for me, where it says that that God is the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, that comforts us all in all of our tribulation. Uh, and I would imagine that there's some that are listening, as concerned as they are about the coronavirus. They're they're more concerned about uh, you know a marriage. They're conser- concerned about a child. They're they're concerned about things that are even more personal um, to to their struggle. And the beautiful thing about the promise there in 2 Corinthians 1 is there's no trial that's greater than God's comfort. And it teaches us that the trial gives us an opportunity to experience the, the comfort of God in a greater way, and then we're able to comfort others. Um, and an important part of experiencing God's comfort is really viewing God as a Father of mercy, 
And a lot of times we have a hard time viewing God as a loving, compassionate, heavenly Father. But He is. He is that good, good Father. He is that loving Father. And as we come and pour out our hearts before Him and trust His promises, trust His Word by faith, that we experience uh, His His comfort. Um, so definitely would encourage Second Corinthians chapter 1 and taking a walk with the Lord, taking a drive with the Lord, and saying, God, there's this pain in my life, and you promise your comfort, and I desire to experience your comfort. And then as God does comfort us, he wants us to then become a comforter, uh, not just to be comfortable, but then we can in turn comfort those who are going through uh, tribulation and uh, difficulty. And I think that, that that word of comfort is for someone listening, because the I really believe that. I think that that's the direction that that we are brought the show to an end, where you realize and recognize. You know, I'm looking up Second uh, Corinthians, and I'm reminded of that phrase: "The God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulations." And and oftentimes, I find myself praying for people, praying that God would reveal Himself as the God of all comfort, because He already is. It's just that we have. So, been so blinded by the pain and by the circumstance and by the fear and by the anxiety that are all real for us. And here you are listening in uh, to two pastors that readily admit that fear, anxiety, uh, difficulties weave in and out of our lives. And we're so grateful for the constancy of God and his faithfulness in our lives. And knowing that, yes, we we have to respond with decisions that may not be fun. I I love church. I love our church. I love visiting when I get to go to Rocky Mountain Calvary and been connected with them since I moved to Colorado. I love the gathering. <clears throat> I love I love teaching at the gathering. I love the atmosphere. I love the presence of God. But I'm learning that I need to love God more and that God is still who he is even if I am unable to worship, even if I'm unable to gather. And that we can still be the body of Christ even when we don't have a gathering. And I think of all the churches, too, that meet in schools that have temporary locations, that the decision for them to meet isn't theirs at all. I mean, I had a couple of emails today where the school district said, nobody's meeting in our building, no one, I don't care who it is. And that changed the whole direction of of their church services and what are they going to do. And so it's it's time this is a op- great opportunity for us to rise to the occasion, and I know for some of you it's very hard to hear that because this has hit you really hard, and this has been really difficult, but I want to remind you, and I can see it in my own life, and I know Eric can as well in his, <clears throat> that it doesn't take me too long. It doesn't take, take too much on my calendar to look backwards and see a very challenging, debilitating, difficult season in my life that is now in my past. I'm not in it anymore. Uh, it still has its remnants, and it still kind of floats around with various pains, but it's not as bad as it was because God, you know how they say time heals all wounds? That's nonsense. Time doesn't heal all wounds. God heals all wounds, and he often uses time to do it. And so as we learn to abide today, we learn to depend upon Jesus Christ today, allowing him to live his life through us, Part of that life is healing, the healing balm of Gilead. 
And so I appreciate you guys tuning in today. I especially appreciate you making time last minute, uh, Eric, to join me today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Ed. And if you want to connect with Pastor Eric um, and uh, some of the things he shared resonated with your heart, uh, you can go to rmcalvary.org. That stands for Rocky Mountain. R-M is in Mary, calvary.org. Uh, if you want to connect with us, you can go to gracefm.com or my website is edtaylor.org. Uh, and I know it's a lot of information. Be sure to stay in touch with us. Um, email us. We are not going anywhere. Even though we're readjusting our services, Rocky Mountain Calvary's not going anywhere. Calvary Church isn't going anywhere. And neither is your local community church. You may want to make yourself available uh, to them in a new way. This might birth a brand new ministry in your life. Uh, it might leave you to it might lead you to great things. And so Rocky Mountain Calvary is going to be uh, broadcasting all their services online, uh, rmcalvary.org. We are going to be broadcasting all our services online. And using Grace FM, we also have the ability, if you're not technologically savvy, if you just tune in your radio to Grace FM, we'll be, re- we'll be broadcasting our services live Saturday night, 6 p.m., Sunday morning, 845 uh, and 10.45, so we'll be uh, broadcasting even on the low-level technology things so that you can connect with us. So if you go to your church's website, wherever you attend, I'm certain that they have resources, apps. At the very least, they have a phone number that you can call to connect with your pastor, to connect with your elders. And and so let's let's find ourselves in a place of dependence. Let's find ourselves in a place of surrender and and fidelity and honesty and i know the lord's going to get us through so thanks again pastor eric we're um grateful let's say a quick prayer before we end father i pray for those that that called in those that have a lot on their mind both good and bad both easy and hard um we're asking god that you would show us mercy uh we pray for those that are working in the medical fields the scientific field churches communities people that are worried and concerned. Um, God bless, strengthen, and may you be glorified through this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.